Welcome along to G'day GEA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers. Well, I'm delighted to be joined here this evening in John Heenhan's kitchen here in St Kilda, West John. St Kilda West, the good side of St Kilda. The good, yeah. the good side, the fancy side. <laughs> thanks for having us, John. And also delighted to be joined here by Shawnee O'Leary. Shawnee, thanks for coming along. Good evening, lads. Great to be here. We've just had a lovely feed of cup of tea and pink wafers chocolate wafers and vanilla wafers so not just standard pink ones we had a trio there tonight which was really really nice we have some and a mint slice a mint slice is ready to go as well um lads we're just off, off the back of a big game ourselves yesterday we got a win over Sinn Féin into the final now in two weeks time yeah. how was the bodies today bodies aren't too bad the old 10, 10 bottles of beer didn't help it last night now had a long day in work but um yeah, the Sinn Féin boys had beaten us twice in the last two competitive games by a point, so we got to beat them by a point this time, so it was pretty satisfying. Yeah, a nice, nice close game. Um, wintry conditions here in Melbourne. We've had a lot to come up on this show today. We're going to have a look at where Munster's up to, where Leinster's up to, and we also have uh, a new Giggles Corner. We do have some feedback on last week's Giggles Corner, so we might get in, into the tweets on Academia. First up, um, tweet in from Nathan Byrne best county game 2009 All-Ireland final best club game Bally Hale versus Portumna in Turles in 2008 honourable mention I think it's Watergrass Hill oh, what's WGH Watergrass Hill Watergrass Hill versus yeah. Bally Hale in Kilworth 2008 I think it was what game was that Sean 2008 yeah what do you say about it in the intermediate hurling game Watergrass Hill versus Bally Hale in Kilworth in oh, Bally Hale Bally. Bally here, yeah. Were you yeah. playing that? I was, I was. Was that a good game? It was a great game. <laughs> Who's Nathan Byrne? <laughs> Who's who? Nathan Byrne, do you know him? I don't know, no, no. <laughs> Alright, well he, he says that gets another mention. On 2009 All-Ireland Final, I do think that should be factored into that top five myself. That was an absolute cracking game. The Kenny tip, Kenny went to four in a row. Oh, the, the, yeah, actually we'll reference that later on. Yeah, Wargus Hill won that game, by the way. What? Wargus Hill won okay, that Wargus. game, by the way. <laughs> Someone uh, in the podcast got a goal that day. Oh, was Giggles playing that? Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a tweet in from Patrick Kennedy. Great podcast again, lads. I agree with you about the Sunday game gone stale, but I disagree about your take on pundits slash commentators. Cyril Farrell and Michael Lydon are two of the best ones. Eddie Prendon is good too. Henry Shefflin is poor. That's what Patrick Kennedy says. Probably agree with him on Shefflin. I don't actually think he's a great pundit. I do like Dygan and, and, and Cyril Farrell and Eddie Brennan. I, like, I think there's some good pundits on... Um, the Sunday game it's more about the coverage and Michael Lester is the great boy have with and the actual Sunday game highlight show we won't go into it again now for our no, third week in a row but there was a good there was a good Facebook um, post out recently we didn't make the cut unfortunately lads but it was the top 20 uh, GA pundits in, in the country right now and they had how are we not in that I don't know but they had oh in the country that's why possibly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they had number one was the man who's not doing it anymore was Don Cusack controversially oh. um, but um, they had yeah, Henry was down near the back of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but go, going on that, lads, the the coverage of Sky Sports over the weekend has to be commented on as well. I think absolutely we have to address that today. We, we talk about that maybe when we're talking about the monster games. I thought the Sky's coverage over the weekend was very good. Oh, way ahead of RT, way, way ahead. ahead of it. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit of detail. I'll keep going with the tweets here. I also got a tweet in here from Carol O'Brien. Great stuff, lads. Enjoy the podcast. 
keeper lit, although it does say jeeper lit, but I think it's a, that, <laughs> that was that was a typo. Thanks for that, Carol. Um, tweeting from Tom Murphy, regular tweeter at Tom underscore Murphy thirty two. Some match in Limerick. It'll be interesting here at John Heenan fifteen views on the next episode of Gade GA. Interesting to hear Derek McGrath reference Kerry goal that wasn't against Tip in the Monster Senior Football Championship a few years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. More heartbreak for Waterford at the weekend, but we'll get into that coming up in the next segment. Um, also got a great email in from Derek O'Donnell saying he's really enjoying the podcast. And again, kind of a similar theme about the, the commentators um, and the punditry on RTE. But the point he makes is, is it harder to commentate on TV rather than radio that we've been blessed with the radio um, commentators over the years with Michal Amor Hartig, for example. Yeah. I don't buy into that one, given that we have... The AFL commentators here on the TV, I think, are fantastic They're and they make it very yeah. exciting. Yeah, and I think even remember the compromise rules there. The year there was the big fight with Garrity and Kieran McDonald. It was Canning, and I don't know who was doing the AFL one, but you know, I just remember at the time thinking, "Jesus, these Aussies actually have serious commentators." Because your man got out of his seat and started roaring, "Jesus, they're going at it in the middle of it!" And oh, Eddie didn't know what to do. Was that Eddie, Eddie McGuire? McGuire yeah. um, Liam's buddy. So they do definitely have better commentators. Joe Canning. Um, we won't comment on him. We, we've commented on him enough. <laughs> and we also got uh, a Snapchat in Giggles. Who's oh, Snapchat did. from? Uh, Connor, former uh, Galway senior footballer Connor Costello, former Gary Owen hurler now as, as as it is as well. He's he's out injured. He's not giving us any hand this year. But he he sent me in a Snapchat of him in the gym doing his rehab on his um, sore knee with weights and pumping the guns. He said most people listen to motivational music. I listen to these three idiots talking about hurling. <laughs> smiley face, smiley face. Yeah, Cheers for that, Connor. <laughs> Thanks, Connor. Thanks for tuning in. That's positive feedback, in fairness. It so is positive feedback. Yeah. Up because we don't mention Galway footballers enough. <laughs> Not to mention about that already at the moment. They got a win over Mayo. We talked about that one. Uh, they got a win the weekend as well. Against Sligo. Two wins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go, Connor. Team didn't even know <laughs> the game was on. Ah, I there's too many hurling. There's too many hurling games at the moment to be, to be watching. Watching the football. Um, we did get one more tweet actually. Sorry, in from at Tommy G O'Neill. So the greatest final of them all, 2009, must have been a figment of my imagination. <laughs> so yeah, 2009, we're getting a lot of feedback on. We talk about it when we got onto Giggles Corner, maybe a recap on last week, just a couple of more oh, points yeah. on that. But yeah, definitely 2009. I think we'll have to have, have Giggles might even revisit it. Who knows? <laughs> so we'll we'll get moving. Up first is Monster, and what a weekend we've just had. The ball hands out the far side to Henry Shefflin. Henry has a look. Henry puts it over the ball. There's the insurance fight. Mrs. McGinnis. Kick that one out. Kick the bones out of that one, Mrs. McGinnis. Cusack is not to lay now. Okay, lads, we're three weeks into the Munster Senior Hurling Championship. The table is as follows Cork, Limerick, Clare, Tip, Watford. So we've got two weeks to go. We'll get into the games in a bit of detail. Um, but the permutations are. Any of the five teams can make up the top three. Yeah. And I think, look, I think, I know we have the banter on, on, on the podcast and with, with Kilkenny people and Wexford people, but, you know, I think everybody's seeing now why we kind of ha- hold the Munster Championship in such stead down, down, down in Munster. It's just been phenomenal. And 
the last three games have been three draws. Like you've had Tip and Cork, you've had Limerick and Cork, and then you'd have had Watford and Tip. Like the craziness. Like it's just the words can't uh, express how good these games are. The sight, the excitement levels, the skill levels, and yeah, it, like. God knows what's going to happen next weekend. We'll get into it. But if Watford beat Limerick, it throws it all open. Watford dead and buried, and now they're back. Tipperary were dead and buried twice, and they're still in it. Cork, who were top of the table, looked like they were flagging with the three games kind of in a row at the end of that game. But like you've got the class. like People used to question his character before, but Patrick Horgan is really the leader. He's probably the best player in Munster at the moment. Uh, I, won't, I won't compare it with the Leinster Championship yet, but he's flying. And this Limerick team just look... Like All Ireland challengers at the moment, yeah. So it's, 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 you can comment on everyone. We're really spoiled for choice for the games here, and, and especially the Munster Championship is, is lighting it all up. Um, as you said, yeah, like everyone had tip top top contenders at the start of this championship, and they were going to top of everybody's table. I'd say that the competition we got in, a lot of people had them in the top of the table. They look like they could get relegated now. The way things are going, um, there's a possibility of that happening. It's all to play for Cork seem to be playing not playing the full amount of games I think they're just their dominance isn't getting them over the line they're still hanging in there though they're still getting okay results I mean a draw is better than no point um, Clare are, are still kind of in there in the wings as well like you know they're they've only lost the Cork so far at the moment like and there's a possibility they could they could win their last last few games so you can see you can see them like pushing for a final spot as well Limerick seem to be you know the farm team going Going into these last few games, yeah. I think they'll be one of the favourites. I think to make the final at this yeah. stage. I, I think Lim, Lim, it's been interesting to, before we jump in preview and now next year, next week. But the one thing I'd say about Limerick next weekend is, and it, it kind of hampered them twice yesterday. Now, Aaron Gillan is their key forward inside, and he was you know touted as their best forward before the campaign started. But even more important to them than that is Declan Hannan. Like when Declan Hannan went off after ten minutes injured yeah. or six minutes, whatever it was. I thought, oh geez, Limerick are in trouble here now. It, it was a pure battle character game. Then, like positions went out the window, everyone was running around everywhere, and Limerick had loads of lads who stepped up. Flanagan, a full forward, the wing forward from Ahan, Morrissey, um, Graham Mulcahy. Graham Mulcahy was brilliant. Graham Mulcahy was yeah. phenomenal. His work rate alone was just ridiculous. Like, and I think, I think the sending off then as well. Like, I think personally, I remember when it happened, I was like, this is not going to be good for Cork. I just honestly, I just thought straight away. This is not going to be good for Cork because Cork like to play the ball around a lot. They like to ping passes a lot. And I think they had too many options when they had an extra man. And there was too much short passing, you know, because the man was popping up right on his shoulder every single time. And they were just they were just running into trouble, getting dispossessed, like, and it was just I don't know, it was just so frustrating to watch, like that they had they had the numerical advantage, like they needed to be pushing on. I mean, like I knew their legs were gonna go on in the end. Um, but I, I was very happy with the draw in the end because they were totally yeah. outplayed in the second yeah. half. Totally yeah. outplayed. But just on that, like if you were to go a man down and Cork having that advantage of all the lads to play sweep, you think Coleman. Like yeah. phenomenal reader of the game, great distributor of the ball. He was a disaster as a spare man. Yeah. He delayed in every ball. I think he got blocked down twice by Graham Mulcahy. Yeah. He was getting getting frustrated, got into a bit of a scuffle with him. Yeah. Like it's just I think it, like you said Cork's game is all very short sharp mm. quick but when they had the time to deliberate yeah. didn't suit and no. they hit some a lot of wasted ball even though they had that man to throw the ball around but I think that's testament to the Limerick forwards not worse than being a two man foot forward against three backs 
but it did not look like that. No. The boys were absolutely, like, Graham McKay had to come off, like, you know, for the effort he put Around in. Himself, right. Flanagan also popped his calf. Yeah. You know what I mean? From the run and that, the ground they covered, like, tireless, just donkey work, chasing down, yeah. like, balls that were gone. But, like, lads, that's what, that's what's going to take, I think, for this, and to see that, especially in Limerick, a new, like, young, emerging team, to have that heart, to, to rally with that man down I thought it was phenomenal to watch and I was speaking to my brother as well and he said he was he was at the game and he was right behind Cahillan and Flanagan and he said Flanagan used to bring Cahillan out to the corners and out to the side to hold him and just run him up and down, up and over and back to pitch the whole time and oh he played some play oh he was phenomenal he absolutely destroyed Cahillan yeah the one, the one thing I, I said it at the start of the campaign I think Cork need to start out the spine of the defence or they're going to be in trouble. No, Callan is not a, an, a, an answer for fullback and an Ireland winning team. And Chris Joyce was in at centre back. He was outstanding at uh, weekend. I thought Joyce was okay. He was brilliant. He, he was in that. Callan, I agree with you, but the half back line has been brilliant so far this year. Yeah, I, I think Callan is the weak spot. I, I, I think Joyce okay. Ellis was fine. Coleman was still on a lot of ball. He just needed to just speed up his delivery. Coleman had a great first half. And, yeah. was, and as you said. Cork play is like nearly poetry in motion when they're on song mm. and actually having him as a sweeper nearly put an anchor to their bloody poetry yeah. in motion and it just stopped it because as to you said there was too, too, too many options too much delay and thought process and that just slowed everything down and the full forward line for Cork were still making the runs but they weren't being delivered the ball so yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's a phenomenal game though to have three draws in two weeks like hurling is such a game that a draw is always a very unique thing. You might get a draw in a hurling championship once every two years, three years. I know we had a run of all Ireland finals that ended up in draws, but it's it's not a, because of the, the variations in the game. We never have draws, but no. it's just we, we like three weeks in. We've had three draws in and in the Munster championship. Like it just shows, which we probably did pick out for Munster. There wasn't going to be a whole lot between a lot of the teams in Munster. We'll get on to Tip and Waterford in, in a second, um, but. Just on, I suppose, on, on Cork and Limerick as well, just on atmosphere-wise in Parky Cree, we had 35,000 in Parky Cree, which is what, is what we wanted to see. It looked great. Look looked great. Yeah. Both, both yeah. terraces full. It was a lovely summer's evening down at Cork. Yeah. And that kind of is everything what Munster Hurling is about, isn't it? Like the colour, the, the noise that was being generated and by the Limerick supporters as well, travelled in, in big numbers. And Limerick are great to gain behind a, a team that they believe can go far. So... I think Limerick are, are in a great spot. You talked about the suspension now leading into the next week. I don't think they're going to get that one appeal. He struck with the hurling. Oh, I did, yeah. And uh, Nicky English was very interested in his commentary. Like, oh, he didn't, he didn't hit him that hard. It's like he struck him with the hurling. It doesn't matter, yeah. Into the ribs. You, just, you strike hurling. Everybody knows in the last four or five years, like strike with the hurling is a red card defence, and that's it. I yeah. don't care how hard, or yeah. how soft you do it. It's a red card defence, and that's the rules, and that's it. Yeah. You know and, and it wasn't. No, it wasn't yeah. hard. We meant hardly felt it probably, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> He did it twice, like it, it was twice. Just, it's just headless. It's interesting though to pick up on your point, Liam, about all the draws. I wonder is like if you take Kilkenny and Galway, Galway at the moment, Kilkenny of old, in any of those games, like that Waterford found themselves in the position with, with, with eleven points up with fifteen minutes to go, Cork found themselves nine points up, Limerick were had the game won against Cork as well. You just wonder is there an element of these three or four teams in particular aren't that confident in, in, in themselves as a team and they, they, when they saw the finishing line they went and retrenched into themselves to an extent as opposed to going on and winning the game like if Galway see the finishing line they'll just blow you out of the water if Kilkenny saw the finishing yeah. line a couple of years ago they would absolutely cream you so I think you're you, spot on you there, just yeah. wonder I, I, like, I still get the feeling no one's going to beat Galway and I think as good and all as the Munster Championship is at, at, at this point I don't think the All-Ireland champions are going to come from Munster 
No, I, I don't. It's hard to see it, but but I think just going back on that point, I think you're dead right about that. I think I think that maybe come down to the modern game as well, where there's systems and there's you know people kind of retreat mentally as well into that position where they're afraid to take it on and they're playing the percentages and you know they might be coming through with the ball and like the, the heat might be on them and they're like oh the best option here is to pass it off rather than you know be the hero and go for the score like I think uh, yeah. I think the modern day players are a bit more like that I think that's a bit unfair on Limerick though considering that they did have 14 men Limerick were the, probably the, the exception you know, to that rule now yeah because yeah, they rallied yeah. still in that game yesterday yeah. when they went back and then they got back out ahead again with 14 men so I think I'll take your point definitely on Waterford and definitely on Cork the first day against Tip but I think Limerick might be the exception to that but look it was a cracking game look was a draw probably was fair maybe Limerick maybe I definitely I, think, I, I definitely was taking the draw on him because I thought they were totally outplayed in the second draw half for, draw for a yeah. Cork supporter anyway you'd be delighted yeah, to get out there with a point um, just on Sky's coverage on that particular game having Colm Spillane come into the studio after oh, with James O'Connor and just went through a couple of plays yeah like he still like hadn't hadn't like talked out or anything like that and it was interesting to hear from a player's perspective he was loving the week on week. Yeah, yeah. And it, like as an inter-county player, obviously set club aside. But that was a really good insight, even though it's, oh, it's very hard on players and all that. But he's loving it. He said, they have no hard training Tuesday or Thursday to get back in, do a yoga session, a bit of pool, mm. do some drills. And they up the intensity, but shorten the time. Short, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I think it's something to look at for the GA going forward. To have it here in the AFL. When we talk about, oh yeah, the, the Learning semi-final there was on last week and the final's on for four weeks. They're like, the final's off for four weeks. They can't get over that. There's weeks and weeks in between games. Whereas you play a season here in the AFL, as you know, there's a game week after week after week all the way to the final practice. You might get a one-week break if you if you come top of your of your group in the, in the prelims. So I think it could be something to look into for the GEA. If, the, if this system seems to work in terms of for um, excitement, the round robin, do you just crunch it and bring the championships, like All-Ireland semi-finals and quarterfinals, and bring them all back where there might be a week's rest after the provincials, and then you're week, week, week. You could play an All Ireland series off in eight weeks. Now you could you could say, oh look, it's, it's over, over it's over in eight weeks. <laughs> but like you've had a phenomenal championship in eight weeks. Plus the players are back with the clubs. Yeah, and, it, I, and, and the game gets a f- phenomenal exposure. Like you could, and football, put that aside for a second. But I think hurling it's a real option. I think the lot of complaints are at home is that like yes, the new system is great as well and all that. But I think. They're all seems to be crying out for like play two weeks, have a rest, and play another two yeah. weeks. I think they're all kind of crying out well, that for that, that period. Something like that, but the, crunch but them all. You do, yeah, you do need a, a week, you know, respite. And I think they all should be given the same respite, you know. Yeah. They shouldn't be just, oh, one starts the first week and the other one starts in the second week. That's you know? a fair point, yeah. You know, yeah. I think they all should be getting the, given the break on the same week. And then it's all, it's all even across the board. But I think you're dead right in that point, I think. If you win from quarterfinal right through the final in the space of three three weeks, even or, four yeah, weeks, or give your week rest, yeah, that's fine. But like, yeah, I think that's something to look at because what's the, like padding these games out when club games aren't get played in between? I I think county teams would like to get going, keep yeah. going. Momentum is with the teams as they yeah. progress. But anyway, that's for another day. Um, giggles, obviously, lots of controversy in the in the tip water for game. Controversy aside. Tip were 10 points up at 15, or sorry, Waterford 15, or 10 points up at 15 minutes to go. 11 points even at one stage. 11 yeah. points at one stage. Yeah. Now, we'll get to that decision in a second, but we'll all call it here. I can't remember, I think you tip tip as well, Giggles. And I think you said Waterford give him a good, give him a good run. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone was predicting tip. And what a performance from Waterford. 
it, yeah, it, it was a brilliant performance for, for 55 minutes. They scored 219 in the first 55 minutes and they scored three points in the last 15 minutes. Like that ratio just doesn't stack up. Do you know what? They just went in with themselves and I think it was... Like, I don't think it was fatigue for most players, but, like, geez, you hate to pick out the brick Welsh, like, who's a stalwart. He would catch that ball 99 times out of 100, and he left a drop, and Tip got in and snuffed a goal, and that just got them on the momentum on the, on the way back. And then straight away after that, I think they got another point, and it was like, suddenly Tip believed again, and it, that's all it took. It just took a little bit of belief. The water, I, like I say it here in our club, like, the half-hour line goes to sleep, your goose because it's just onslaught after onslaught after onslaught and Watford were missing the likes of Mara Shanahan they were missing the likes of Austin Gleeson when he was in the half forward line lads who can go up and win their own ball and like literally just hold up the play have the ball stick because I don't know who had they had in the half forward and like Tommy Tommy Ryan came on and did very well but he's like a really small wing forward they had Roach he was playing around the middle of the field he's tiny they had then Stephen Bennett, Parik Mahoney, and uh, one of the a current in and out. So they're all full forward line men or small midfielders in the half forward line. And you could see just tip half back line, ate him for breakfast in the last 15 minutes of the game. And it was just like literally every puck out, every clearance was just coming back quicker and quicker. And we all know when it gets when you get into a match like that, when your half back line becomes dominant, it's only a matter of time before the, the, the goal starts creaking and suddenly someone will get in for a goal. And that's what happened. Yeah, it's like it's fascinating with all these games the way they've played out, especially with Cork as well being up on that lead on tip. There was something kind of like as if it was just going to keep coming and coming and coming, isn't it? It's a weird thing that happens. Like Kenny did it to Warford last year, now Warford got over the line yeah. an extra time. Yeah. Similar points difference up, the game was out of sight, and you just start kind of going back into yourself. And like you said, that brick wall makes that mistake that he'd never make, he'd never drop. Just it's some mental thing. I don't think it's anything to do with the modern game. I think it's just. When teams start going on a run, especially in a game like hurling, it's very hard to curb. Yeah. It's hard to stop the rot when one or two small things break down and, and momentum goes away. Yeah. But I, I think particularly the half-back line of a team is obviously the launch pad. And every successful team down through the years has had serious half-back lines. And the tip half-back line, Brendan Maher in particular, Paddy Maher came into it a little bit. And the other guy, what was his name with the white helmet on the far side, caught a serious amount of ball. Name is gone anyway, but um, they, they just we just couldn't win a we couldn't win a puck out, and when when the puck outs are coming every one minute or thirty seconds, and you're losing every single one of them, it's just it's you just can't turn it around, and we just needed a big ball winner like Morris, or maybe bring out Divine out to the half hour line to go out and win one. So you spoke and yeah. you spoke about Divine last year, giggles about what an addition he would be be back in with Wofford. Yeah. Like he had a phenomenal impact on the game yesterday, like. Just his work rate as well. You saw him come out there and dispossess Parik Mar at one stage, which you very rarely see. And yeah. um, like getting in on top of them, on top of him, and like you know, kind of rattling him. Like, yeah. and it presence of mind around the goal. I know um, it was Anthony Daly saying the commentary, like, why isn't he underneath that ball? Yeah. But he was reading the game and he got the break. You know what I mean? Like he, he he's a serious addition for Watford this year. He was, and I, like we were saying as well last year, like he's he's the he's the physical presence that Watford need last year. Like he's he's the one link. I think. And forward, Watford really would have benefited having him last year. Um, and you had and you had a new half forward line as well, Giggles. You had Mikey Kearney, Stephen Roach, and DJ oh, Foran. Yeah, DJ Foran actually showed up very well. He did from what I saw in the game. Yeah. And yeah, what club is he from? He's Port Law. He was like I guess a lot of those guys that played played on that 2013 minor All Ireland winning team. DJ Foran was wing forward in that team as well. He's he's a he's 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 a very successful campaign this year. I think it was with UCD in the Fitzgibbon. 
he's a, a, a re- like he's he's kind of like Conor Whelan without the muscle like you know yeah. he hurls the same way as him left hand on top really good in the air comes in he's kind of rangy point scorer so DJ's I think he's 21 or 22 now so he, he, he'll have a future so there, there is like in fairness to Derek McGrath everyone looked at the, the kind of apop- apocalypse now scenario where they were a goose last week but yeah. when you looked at the starting team at the same time you thought okay Roach is a debutant Foran's a debutant but they've all seen game time in the league they've yeah. all played a bit last year there's still some serious players like Austin Gleeson I thought like about one or two crazy shots was phenomenal um, against against Tip. He was he was just commanded the centre back position. Uh, I think centre back is his best position. I think he should be played centre back, and yeah, that's it. I agree. They went. They've took Barry Coughlin through injury, and I hate having to go with Barry Coughlin. I wouldn't fancy marking him on myself, like because he's a hardy bit of stuff. But I just don't think he's an inter county fullback. And the six backs that they had the last day, Conor Gleeson was brilliant at fullback. They didn't need the sweeper. It allowed them to have six up forward, and you could see the damage they did for fifty five minutes when they went with a kind of a fifteen on fifteen mentality. Yeah, so look, Walford obviously including this weekend are playing Limerick in Limerick. They were just in the Gaelic Grounds last weekend. It won't be a surprise to them. Um, what do we know on the injury front? Who's going to be back for them for this game, Beagles? Oh, none of the lads. Like, Tyg De Burka and no and Barry Coughlin are long-term injuries. The one the one that we'd kind of be hoping is back is Morris. Morris is with a groin injury. I've seen him on the Snapchat with the old game pants on, this cryotherapy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, fingers crossed, Morris is back. And oh, the, no Connors. Oh, Noel Connors played at the weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah no, so he was he was fine. So it was just it was Tyg de Burke who was the biggest loss really, and they'd have Kevin Moore back from suspension. Actually, sorry, that's okay. huge. Actually, and thinking talking about half forward lines or midfielders, like there's never a better I'm man. Excited already. I'm very I'm very excited. <laughs> there's not a better man like you know to lead a team when you need him most than Kevin Moore. And like you go back yeah. to that drawn game in Turles in 2013. Where he kind of nearly won the game on his own against Kilkenny. Uh, um, Will they play him in the far line? You reckon the next day? He'll be midfield half forward, the way he usually kind of plays yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So Limerick and and Watford is this Sunday at two o'clock Irish time, eleven o'clock our, our time here. You'll be staying up, for, <laughs> staying up for that, and it's a bank holiday yeah, here. Be we'll be celebrating the Queen's birthday here uh, next Monday, so we have a day off for that. I'll be in so Sydney. He'll be in Sydney. I'll be in Sydney. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Well, I reckon I'll, I'll stay up and watch, watch Limerick and Watford. Like more and watch Ochi Giggles. Um. But obviously we haven't spoke about the controversial goal yet. Look, watching it in real time on the telly, so you watch it on telly, you have no angle on it first off. But straight up from watching the telly, it never looked like a goal from that angle. No. Then you see the, the replays, the zoom-ins, the pictures on Twitter, the Instagrams, the, all the different angles, what the umpire was looking at on the near side, how it was given as a goal, and given as a goal by the umpire on the far side, yeah. who... I don't think he had an actual view of it. He'd, so he'd know of you. Like the thing, I, I, I'm very frustrated with this fucker, excuse my language, but because he had no view of it. He had a goalie in the way, he had a stenching in the way. And he just, and he was kind of half smirking after the fucking decision was made. Like they came in and they had the, the I, fe- I felt for him after the, the decision. No, as in like, like Stephen O'Keefe was up in his face. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like he actually kind of nearly manhandled him. So Whatever reaction he had in his face, and I reckon he was like he was shit. But he, he looks he looks like but like at the end of the day, right? The three boys were given time to have a discussion about whether it was a goal or not. You can see in the replay clearly the other lad on this side had a f- perfect view yeah, of it. Yeah. Like as a referee, do you not just say, "Do you a hundred percent think it was a goal?" Because this lad is, you know, and if the other lad said, "I it was a hundred percent a goal," he's lying through his teeth first of all because it wasn't a goal, and second of all. 
Jeez, he just had this smirk on his face, and I'm not, I'm not, I am biased, put obviously. The, put the smirk aside. I can't put the smirk aside because I reckon the fucker could have a ten grand on bloody tip to win the match. I'm telling you, this is, it was horrible because there's no way in the world he could have seen that as a goal. There's not a way in no. the world. He, he had his mind made up nearly. I'd say when Austin Gleeson was dropping the ball and Gleeson clear, like, yeah, like watching it back on the TV, he like he's gone straight for that flag. He was he, going for the flag when the ball was coming yeah, in nearly. Like he, as soon as Austin Gleeson had the ball in his hand, he had that green flag up. And the other umpire wasn't even looking at his no, up, no. wasn't even looking across to see. Did he, he was watching the play going Cause on. Because he, he was playing on. Because yeah. he, 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 he had that view. So I, I agree. I think. How could, did he not say something like the guy you who. Go to the umpire, you go to the umpire at the site. Yeah. It didn't look. Alan Kelly. Was Alan Kelly he was referring, was it? Some lad from Galway, anyway. Yeah. No clads. No, no, no. It's no way. No, but he went to that umpire who waved the flag. Yeah. Right now, the goal is given. Once the goal is given, that's it. Goal is in. And Ferris is Derek McGrath. He was very gracious in the feet afterwards, and it's the right way to go about it. Having said that, though, around sixty seconds later, or a couple minutes later, a ball went in, flagged wide by the umpire. Yeah. Same umpire. Same umpire gave wide, and referee overruled him and gave a pint. Like, that's a four point. Swing yeah. now that point might have been a point. The point was a point. I don't think anyone no, from Waterford no, was arguing with that one. But I'm just saying, like massive decisions in a monster championship where you lose by or you draw, draw a game yeah. that like Waterford now are still alive. But like, what difference two points would have made? And would have meant tip or gone. Tip or gone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know it's a, it's human error or whatever you want to say, but like for things like yeah, we have goal line technology in soccer now. We have Hawkeye, but we've only Hawkeye in Simple Stadium and in Crow Park. Yeah. Now, Hawkeye wouldn't have helped in that situation. But, like, crucial decisions like that is so frustrating as a, it's, as it's, a supporter. You know, sorry, Shani, the flip side is right on that is, the other thing is... Shani's right again here. There was, there was a monitor, sorry, there's a fourth official with a monitor, right? There's a fourth official with a monitor and he's watching the match on the monitor. They're all mic'd up, all the referees. How easy is it for the referee who's a fourth official to say, lads, it definitely wasn't a goal, I can see it on the monitor. But is he allowed to use that monitor to help? Well, this is, this is the thing. This is my He's point. Not, I don't think. My point is, like, this is a typical GA issue. Like, you know, you, how many times down through the years you have stupid, embarrassing decisions like this that the GA have to deal with, like. And it's like they never learn from their lesson. Like, you have referees who, go, who do, who do um, training courses to be a referee. They come along to, the, to a match and get paid whatever, right? And they bring around their buddies then who are doing linesmen, like. And they're just Comparis, throwing the white yeah. coat, and you know, it's ridiculous. Like, in inter-county game at that top level, I think umpires should be actual trained referees as well, I or agree. should it be, tra- or no, there should I be agree. a training course for um- umpires where you've actually there got accreditation that you could be. There is a training course for for the umpires, but I agree, the umpires should be referees. Yeah, enough the referees. Bar, is it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is, there is, there is yes, a, their bodies coming no, along to the match. You, like see, you see the goal umpires in the AFL, not to be drawn reference to the AFL, but that's what I we're looking at week point, in and yeah. week out. They're paid umpires, but like trained, like as in, it's like their their life depends on it, the yeah. way they umpire those games from behind the goal. And yeah. if they're not, if they're not sure of decision, they go to, a, a, as Giggle said there, they go to a replay. He could have asked the fourth official, have a quick look at that Can't there. But that's the, a fair, I know, in, but his, in look, his defense in that one. Every other professional sport, and you know, we, we like the, yeah, but the GA like to think they're professional. The players all think they're professional. They all like to be taught like they're professional. They're getting GA grants now and everything like this. They're getting money from Sport Ireland or the, the, sport, the Irish Sports Council. You know, so, 
if they're getting all this money and revenue in through the gate in Crow Park and in, in Turles and Cork and Limerick and wherever else over this like they, they need to be investing in their game like and that's a, a serious part of their game yeah look plenty of debate around this one we're all agreed on it wasn't a goal what's the best oh, way no. to, to make sure that that doesn't happen in the future there's technology available like, that can assist it or it's the go to an um, or a fourth official on the line who, who checks there's, there's, sim- there's the, simple the one, the, the one last point I make because we could go on about this for a while the referee you have to give the referee a little bit of blame here as well and look I know nobody goes out in their career to become a referee but like <laughs> he, <laughs> you don't like nobody I does. thought he was going to say then no the, goes out to referee a game bad no that's no true no goes out to be that's a referee that's probably true too but like he went in and I know the referee to a point can't see but this lad has raved a green flag he, sh- he must have confidence in these two boys if he's brought them along to an umpire and inter-county game he, and if the other guy has said I don't know and he's looking right at it like I, I just I can't yeah. fathom how a goal was given when it was like we're revisiting now Giles. you're going you're, yeah. you're going back over like you probably went over in your but sleep but what happens night. if a ball drops in the box and a guy just walks over and raises the green flag goal oh yeah walk on yeah. it's brutal <laughs> no it was shocking it was shocking and we're all all agreed on it and as a Warford fan especially but for Tip you must have been absolutely delighted um, seeing that being given because they were gone and onto that one, they're face clear this Sunday. Um, in terms at two o'clock as well. I'm not sure is that right actually. I don't think it's, it's hardly at the same time, is it? So it's saying here in front of me. Okay, Kenny could be out. Kenny, Kenny. Wexford is Saturday night. Yeah, but any tip clear this Sunday. Tip have to win. Yeah. Tip have to win this Sunday to stay alive to do. Yeah. To, to stay oh alive, no, I understand that. Yeah. So yeah. it's tip clear. Tip have come off the back of another grueling game. No matter what, mentally having two draws in two weeks, I reckon they're going to be drained. They haven't got a win in this year's championship yet. Yeah. They're facing in against a clear team on the back of a brilliant performance two weeks ago. They had a week off this week. I think they'll they'll be doing well to get over clear on Sunday. Yeah, clear, like it's 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 kind of proven um in a lot of the games that the team who's taken the week off are um are kind of coming through Pretty, pretty. The lads are having a sidebar here, lads. I know what the hell is going on there. Sorry, Shawnee's whispered to you. Why are you saying, Shawnee? Why are you saying to me, Shawnee? <laughs> it's in Turles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Giggles. Um, it's kind of proven that the team who's had the week off has actually gone on and actually had a really, really good performance the following week. And they've generally come up against a tired team who's had one or two or three games in some cases in a row. So, Clare are coming into this game off the back of being a week off after a really smarting win over Watford and their you know their their tails be high. Tip are coming in, battered bruised like a you know, a bad dog who's had a bad old time. Like they're 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 gonna be if Tip win this game, I think it'll bring them to a place where they could become all to contenders. You know, you get these kind of terrible scenarios at the start of the year but it turns their year around. But I would be back in clear to kind of eventually to get over the line in this one and I think if they play like Warford did for for fifty five minutes, which are a similar type of team for the seventy minutes, I think they could blow Tipperary away. Yeah, I I I go along the same lines as you there on that, John. I don't know what is wrong with Tip. I just I just can't put my finger on it. Like I mean, there has to be something mentally, you know, scaring these lads at the moment. I I you don't. Know? I think it's. I think there's first of all, Paddy Maru, who has been their you know chief man, a centre back, a wing back, as a kind of a clear ball outlet and a, a warrior he's just not playing well this year he's not like he's getting shouldered he's getting pushed around you just never see that he doesn't look as fit as he was Rona Maher's not doing much in the middle and then 
Outside of Jason Ford's accuracy from freeze, like the two, like the two McGraths are supposed to be exception, but the both McGraths were taken yeah. off against Waterford. Bubbles Dwyer was taken off. They don't seem to be that fit. Do you know? I, do, I just I, think, I don't think there's a, I, I think it's probably not that because of the modern game, they'll all be fit, I think. It'll probably appears that way, but I, I think. mentally, they're there's just Maybe they're not there's sharp. Just, yeah. Maybe that's where yeah, I'm Yeah, there's no cohesion there at all. Like, you know, they seem to be playing in fits and starts and, and all, like, I, I think I think Clare on a, are on a good run and they've got this break now at the right time, I think. Yeah. You know, they had the break now last week. I think they're coming into this game with a lot of confidence and reckoning they can take down tip. And I think they will. I think their their far line really has really been re energized. They, they they fired and started and stopped against Cork in the first game. They found their mojo in in the second game against against uh Waterford. And I think I think they're hitting their straps now, and they'll. They, I think they'll turn over tip of the weekend. Yeah, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be a cracking weekend in once again with with those two games, um, and obviously we'll have a fair idea after this Sunday. After after this yeah. Sunday, that like fifth could be decided, as in what you know tip what the, could be gone. The, the best result for the Munster Championship from a last weekend perspective will be for Watford to beat Limerick, Watford go to three points, and for Tipperary to beat Clare. And Clare will be on two points, and Limerick will be on three, Cork will be on four, and Tip will be, be on four. four. It'll be down to the last so it'll game. Be, it'll be, tip will be in the Munster final, but they could be knocked out, <laughs> or they might get into third as well, you know, after the last weekend game. That's what's yeah. I'd love, I'd, I would love. I would love to see that. I'd love to see Tip gone, be honest, someone like that. <laughs> but, but, but for a last weekend, kind of like, it's kind of like a thing in the, um, you see in the Premiership each year, who's going to get relegated if it yeah. goes down to the last weekend. That yeah. kind of excitement will be phenomenal to see if you're in or you're out. So we look, we look forward to that one. So, we went on a bit there about Munster, but I think there's more to talk in Munster definitely this week than, than Leinster. So we might wrap it up there for our, our Munster recap. Um, coming up next, we'll have a new Giggles Corner. To win just once would be enough For those who've lost in life For love, for those who've lost their what it means to the fans and to the players Paddy Andrews in there to celebrate but once again defeat is Mayo's lot Stephen Rochford and his team gave it absolutely everything luck just wasn't on their side at the very end of all of that but it's Dublin who are the champions it's a record of achievement that must be acknowledged final score Dublin 117 Mayo 116 Alright Giggles, you got off really well last week back with your Giggles Corner segment. Lots of feedback again on the Twitter, on the email. You're kind of a controversial figure, it's kind of a love-hate, kind of a bit like the Marmite or the Vegemite out here. Like <laughs> Some people love you, some people hate you, but you're generating discussion. Shawnee, I picked out 2009 as one I think should have been in the top five. Aside from your Watergrass Hill Heroics where you told us you scored a goal and you're like Dan Shanahan for that year, scored a goal in every game. Is there any game you would have had in that top five that Giggles left out? Um, maybe in 1999, all in semi-final against Offaly. One of oh, the best games very, I've seen. Great game, yeah. yeah. Okay. That was a great game. That would be the only one I would pick out. And just because... Offaly were tipped to win that yeah, game. Yeah, just, just because I was at it and it was such a close game. Either that year, that, I remember that year the car 
be Kilkenny in the mm-hmm. Ireland final. Do you remember no. that, Liam? I remember that, yeah. yeah. There, there was one other game jumped to mind as well, actually, that I didn't mention, but it went to, I think, a third replay, the 1993 league final between Cork and Wexford. It was one of my earliest yeah. memories. Yeah. But it was a draw the first day, a draw after extra time the second right. day. And I think Cork pipped poor Wexford, yeah. who were dying for a national championship at the time. Um, by a point or two in extra time in the third game so that was another one actually I didn't get in there but I thought of it you Teddy Mack and you had uh, Joe Cunningham Tomas McKay Cashman all that yeah you had vintage era George there. O'Connor Martin Story mm. Liam Dunn yeah so yeah, it was good. So it was a good. It was a good Giggles Connor. Two thousand nine was was a cracker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. I think I think that two thousand nine game had Everton. It had Tip. Like Kenny obviously going for the four row. Tip had the game, probably more or less looking like they were going to do it. Then ascending off and two goals in a minute. And Kilkenny yeah. were, were home and dry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I was a, I was a Kilkenny man at the match that day, I, I really didn't think they were going to like not that they weren't going to do, it, but that tip at that tide, like how those those momentum in those games. Was that the day PJ Ryan saved the day as well with three phenomenal T, saves? PJ Ryan made four ridiculous saves. Ridiculous like li, saves. like as in like he should not have saved any no, of them. No. He shouldn't have. <laughs> like Tip would have yeah. Like Tip could have had easy like yeah. top corner stuff yeah. he pulled out like you know it was from from the edge edge of the six yard box. Yeah. I remember the one from James Callan, it was like off the left. Pure reaction, yeah. Unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was yeah. unbelievable. So yeah, we take that one. That was one of the best ones we ever had. <laughs> um but Giggles, Giggles Corner this week, what have you got in store for? I have us? a short one this week, lads. I have a short turnaround time. I actually was going to do a different one I wrote it down in my notebook and worked there at lunch keep it up today. your sleeve now keep that one up your sleeve no we won't be. I, I wrote it down five top rules that you could change in hurling oh and I couldn't change one of them because it's just mag- magic at the moment there's not at one the I change right what about the goal line technology for that's not a rule per se right <laughs> I was thinking about the square ball one actually but then again like the old the square is that, ball, the, is that the competition no 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 oh, that's square, when you were going to go I with. was thinking about not a competition Johnny yeah. it's just a Giggles Corner yeah. I would say the clash ball rule I, have, I reckon anyway, hurling is, doing it, hurling is perfect at the moment. So I, I, we were but what I did, which was topical, I said I'd pick out the five biggest blunders made by a match official that changed the impact of a game <laughs> over my oh, lifetime. Oh, here we go. So, How many hardships of Warford had it? It's going to be top five Warford. Warford. Do you know what? Warford, Warford are not in mentioning this at uh, all, even that. after the weekend. Really? I haven't put Warford into it, no. So, and I'm not saying all, actually, one of them will be, there are, four of them were 100% wrong, one of them's 50-50, but it was a big moment in the game, and poor old Marty Morrissey got an awful blow after, so I'd say I'd throw that in. Right, so, number five, Dermot Kerwin from Cork, the referee, awarding the penalty to Richie Power you that was going to be in the there. 2009 All-Ireland Final. So, the backdrop to the story, we were just chatting about it, we were talking about it as one of the greatest games. Tip for 21-19 up, I think it was the 63rd minute, uh, Richie Power got a lovely ball. He went for goal. He took on three Tipperary lads. There was a question. He was if, he, if, he was, if he was fouled, he was fouled outside the square. But Jeremy Kerwin, and he wasn't fouled in the square because he was free nearly. And Jeremy Kerwin ran over and straight away gave a penalty, and the rest is history. So that was my number five. Can okay, I give a quick backdrop on, on just a follow on from that? So that was a penalty, obviously, that was given. Marty Morrissey and Brian Cody had their words. The following February, I was at a league match in Torres. Kilkenny were playing tip. And it was the first time they had played since that, yeah. in, that incident. And Liam Sheedy pushed Brian Cody on the sideline in a bit of a square up. I remember that, yeah, yeah. It got quite heated. Yes, yeah. And I was sitting over in Torres and I roared in something about Sheedy and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, there was these two old tip ones beside me, both in their 60s. And they looked up at me. 
It was never a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's still going on about it. Like, this was like seven months later. That was her reaction to that incident. It was never a penalty. <laughs> like, that yeah. was what happened in the match. But to people to this day are definitely not happy with that one. Yeah, was, that is each so, other. I, I, think, I think that one was, it was definitely 21 yard free, but yeah. it was so controversial. And I think the Tipperary people. Sheffield would have scored 21 anyway. That's all the one. Go on, yeah. It is a fair point. So, number 14 was a controversial one. So, I'm going to go to 2013. Limerick versus Galway in a minor hurling All-Ireland semi-final. Oh, God. So this is when Hawkeye was introduced. Yeah. One of the boys that was running the Hawkeye, instead of having its, the Hawkeye switched to football, which would measure a Gaelic... Hurling, sorry, which would measure a slither, had it switched on football. Football mode, yeah. And Limerick scored from Barry Nash, actually. It was in the first minute of the game, but a clean point. White flag was raised. He got the phone call from upstairs. They were trialling Hawkeye like it was in one of the first stages. And he said, oh no, we'll go to Hawkeye. And you can clearly see the ball go through the post on the Hawkeye, but it went red and it came up as a miss. And everyone was like, what the hell is going on here? So they actually shut down Hawkeye for another two weeks after that. And as the game turned out, the game finished in a draw. Oh, yeah. Galway won in extra time oh, by three no. points, 23 points to 20. And the this. Limerick County Board were adamant they were going to get a replay for weeks and they appealed it they appealed it they went, and they went to the court and everything there was parents involved with sponsor and lawyers and all this kind of crack yeah. and eventually actually ended up Waterford won the All-Ireland that year I'll throw it they won a little bit of Waterford and the beat Galway in the final but that was very controversial at the time because it was minor it was kids the technology had wrong guy. I never heard of that yeah yeah, yeah that was so massive at times it was actually one of the best referees in, in, in the land at the moment is Fergal Horgan he's a very good referee he's no nonsense he was ref in the game but we can't blame Fergal no. he got no, it, he got, it the, was he got a, the call in the year it was it was, it was Hawkeye upstairs but more embarrassment yeah. that was a, that was a big embarrassment <clears throat> so number three I'm going crossing over to the dark side over to football um, we're going to talk about the 2010 Leinster final yeah a guy called Martin Sludden from Tyrone. I don't know if there's any relation to Nile. But anyway, he thought he was refereeing a rugby match. So Josh, big Josh Sheridan, uh, Mead hadn't won a Leinster yeah. in a long time, but Loud hadn't won it an awful long time. So um, big Josh Sheridan, the last play of the game, caught the ball, ran through, push over, try, dived in, placed the ball on the goal, and the goal was through. He actually threw the ball threw over the line. Yeah. Now, what about the ref there? The umpires in that one have a lot to answer. The two of them there looking at in slow motion as this slow thing played motion. out. Yeah. So More that, embarrassments for GA. Yeah, that was another one. Shani, come on, get yeah. down off the back of the GA. Well, we're, we're picking the worst moments here now, so there's obviously yeah, going to be a bit of that. That was ridiculous. There's a documentary actually on the GA go about yeah. that, game, but that game. Oh. It's worth having a look at. So well, you'd feel sorry for the low people. Like, oh, that's it was awful. The whole it was awful for yeah. years. <laughs> and yeah, haven't recovered since. No. Yeah, they're back down to the yeah, That was a serious loud team. That's oh, some good players, yeah. and they were all over me that day. Yeah. And Mead had beaten Dublin by 5.15 I think the 18 points in the semi-final like they were, it was a good Devastating. but that was number three anyway Martin Sludden heard from the, the loud fans all the way in the walkout he nearly got oh, a few clips as well number two I went with Jimmy Cooney from um, Galway in the 1998 replay between Offaly and Clare the, 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 mm. the end of the game was there was 68 minutes gone oh, and God. Barry Murphy the Clare corner forward had the ball over under the Q's extend he was coming in to take a shot off his left so whether he scored it to put him four up there were three up at the time I don't know but he blew it up anyway and you can see the famous kind of picture of Mike McInerney going to Jorlach Nan with the two fingers up there's two minutes left and nobody knew but they were shaking hands anyway um, actually Paul Galvin references it in, he, in his book then actually afterwards because afterwards Kerry were meant to play Kildare in the under 21 B hurling championship final and 
Occupy Offaly happened in Crow Park and so all of the Offaly fans came in onto the field and had a sit-in yeah. and they wouldn't they wouldn't get off the field so in Paul Galvin's book he referenced that all the Kerry boys went up to Dublin and all the team except for himself went on the piss and they were having the hope of beating Kildare in the under 21B Hurling Championship but it got called off because of Offaly that's going and he was delighted and <laughs> Kerry, Kerry went on to win the, the replay or the, the next game when it was refixed but going back to the decision I suppose it's um Clear the game won. There were three points up, about to score a fourth with two minutes to go. And back in them days, the ball wasn't moving as fast. There was no way off they were getting back into that game. The game was awarded to Clear. Clear genuine, generously offered a replay, uh, which Offaly accepted. And they went the third week in a row. And Notorious. if you talk to all those Clear players, James yeah. O'Connor, Shawnee McMahon, read any of their books, it's like... The players never really were given an option. They were never given an option yeah. into this thing at all. So they had their few points after would have after another in semi-final and they were told we're training Monday night, the game's back on on Saturday, third replay. And by all accounts, Mike Mack ran the shit out of them and they were dead as a duck the following yeah. Saturday and Claire were gone. Yeah, so, that was a, a massive one and I think the big feedback, there was, I think there's another documentary on that one, um, is that the GA sent on security the minute it happened and escorted the ref off the field Whereas I think the in hindsight it's great to have it now. Obviously, he could have played the last. He could have just stopped two or three minutes. Yeah. If someone had come in last, hold on, no, no. Yeah. everyone stay on. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. three minutes left to be played here. We're, we're going to finish it out. Yeah. But he was literally picked up and they ran him off the field. Yeah. The security because obviously he's he was we see an awfully lads come in, but that was a massive one. And that's Kenny, like a Kenny man. We were all delighted because we thought we'd beat Offaly. Like yeah. We spoke with the Scott Weiss it didn't happen. <laughs> so and that was my number two. Jeez, four brilliant ones so far. What's yeah. number, I actually don't know what your number one is going to be. Number one is a personal one with mine oh, now. Oh, I here have, we go. I have a grudge here. Uh, he's a head man in the referee now, but Pat McEnany, 1996. Mayo versus Mead in the replay. So Colm Coyle clearly punches the lights out for Kevin McMenamin, right? There was boys killing each other left, right and centre. And the one man he picks from Mayo, Liam McHale, who's trying to break up the whole fight, you can clearly see it. He does one jump and pushes a lad, but not a punch thrown, nothing no. thrown from Liam McHale. And Pat McEnany picks out Mayo's marquee forward. And back in them days, like, you know, it, 1996, it's not like the systems you have now and the strength and conditioning in football where you, you take off to your McConnelly, you bring on Eric Lowndes, and they're nearly one for one, you know what I mean? Liam McHale was instrumental to Mayo getting the other and final. He was man of the match from the drawing game. He, and Colm Coyle was the, the dud number five. No, he was he was no good. Like you know, so uh, Pat McEnany sent off Liam McHale, mm -hmm. sent off Colm Coyle in nineteen ninety six, and Pat McEnany, it took him I think twelve or thirteen years to actually talk about it. He was on the Late Late Show as a referee spokesperson, and he came out and he was asked about that match, and uh, I think. He went. He, he said that he had the comment. He he went from being the best referee in the country at the time to being the worst referee in the country overnight. But he it kind of sat with him. It didn't sit with him well for a while, and he wouldn't talk about it because I he kind of admitted, in no uncertain terms, on the Sunday game that he had made a mistake with sending Lee McHale off. But he never actually has gone as far as saying he made the mistake. And there was no. By the, in case you want to go in that one, there was no third man into is a straight red card in in, in those no. days. Third so man to Malay wasn't a rule. It, it wasn't a rule at that day. So that was that was my number one. You could argue that the, uh, it probably may not have had the same effect. But Lee McHale at the time was like a stalwart for Mayo and. Mead took over ball with John right. McDermott yeah. took over midfield with yeah. no one for him and Mead went on and won that final by a point yeah. mm. I, look I think I think your top five they're all massive moments I wasn't expecting that to be number one obviously you're taking the personal angle there yeah. and, and, the, yeah, <laughs> and the impact that's had on you um, but yeah like it just goes to sh like it's in all sports 
the decisions that referees umpires have yeah. like the the bearing they do have on games you know what I mean as as a player the frustration as you, if you're a loud player looking back on that match then it's a final a Mayo player looking back in that final if you hadn't got to, you know what I mean yeah. so many so much hurt for those counties who are struggling you yeah. know what I mean whatever about Kilkenny and Tip you know Tip will say God, God I got robbed yeah. Tip still have what, 20 odd All-Irelands do you know what I mean like, take it, yeah. loud just want one yeah. Leinster loud Mayo one, want one All-Ireland yeah. yeah do you know what I mean like yeah. is in and the same even for the Limerick Miners there in the hockey like just the cruelty of sport at times yeah. whether it's a technical error or, or an umpire error is he's just can, can be huge but um, yeah that was a great against Connor again yeah and I think that Limerick minor team has is got most of the Limerick team now yeah. and the Watford minor team of that year has a lot of the seniors and the Munster final that year Watford were 7 points up or 8 points up with 10 minutes to go and Limerick came back in the Gaelic grounds and beat or drew with them and then beat them in a replay but then Watford went down to win the All-Ireland so there's a good bit of, and then 21s there's was, was the same so there's going to be a good bit of rivalry with that those two teams actually this sun, Saturday Sunday Sunday. alright alright Giggles thanks very much for that and you know, keep it up now that's two weeks in a row so yeah. I'll be looking forward to your, your segment next week and if, I, if I'm missing anyone we're looking for some feedback from the listeners on oh the yeah definitely Listen, listeners get in contact at akadeji on Twitter same on Instagram or akadeji at gmail.com Please get in touch. So coming up next, we, we we'll finish up with with Leinster and what we know is 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 the top three and bottom two going into next weekend. In one single moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because like you know, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I I I love I love, I love my county, you know. We love Jamalans. All right, lads, Leinster Championship. We spoke about it last weekend. We had a fair idea what way it was all going to go in terms of positions. And the way we're looking at it now, with one weekend left, Offaly are finished, bottom of the table, zero points, zero from four. That was in, in the run. They're gone down to Joe McDonough. Dublin have got two points they're in fourth but no matter what happens this weekend even if to beat Galway they'll lose out in the head to head because they've lost to Kilkenny and Wexford you've got Kilkenny in third with Wexford on second and Galway out ahead in first so going into next weekend all to play for is who's going to be in Leicester final Kilkenny or Wexford I don't think we'll spend much time looking at Dublin Roffey today guys because we, you know D- Dublin have rallied well I suppose they've had a, a solid championship but they just didn't get those key wins that they needed to get over Wexford and Kilkenny Awfully, the writing's been on the wall since week one, really. Whether it's fair or not that they're going to be relegated, they're being relegated. We spoke about it last week. It's happening. They're down in John McDonough next year. And I tell you, they'll have it all to do to get back up next year. Yeah. Looking for, I know Offaly, they've made some great strides, but I tell you, once you go down, it's going to be very, very hard. So looking ahead to Kenny Wexford, I suppose, is the marquee game this weekend in Nolan Park, Saturday night. Shawnee, you actually think Wexford are going to turn Kenny over? I do, yeah. I, 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 I kind of singled this game out from a long way back in the year, and I thought, I think, and I think that Clare, or sorry, Clare, but Wexford, and especially their performance last week against Galway, they were so dead on their feet. They just didn't look like the Wexford team we've been used to watching of late, and uh, didn't look like a Davy Fitz prepared team. 
Um, I know Galway, the Galway train rolls on and it's just phenomenal at the moment. They are just a cut above everybody else. But I just think Wexford now have to produce a huge performance and we haven't got it out of them in this campaign yet. And I reckon it's coming next Sunday. I think they're going to turn over Kilkenny. The flip side of that though, Shawnee, is yeah, you'd say they didn't look like a, a Davy Fitz team and they looked a bit tired and jaded. It's their fourth week on the trot this weekend against Kilkenny in Nolan Park. Now, they got a win against Kilkenny last year in Nolan Park. It was the first time in a long, long time they'd be in Kilkenny. They'll have it all to do Saturday night against Kilkenny. Oh, no doubt. You know what I mean? Like Kilkenny are, have a great home record. Kilkenny will probably be at their strongest going in, into this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Richie Hogan feature this weekend. He's been named on the panel last last two weeks ago. Um, Kilkenny have had a week off, I think, which will suit them. I think they're going to really struggle Wexford up up in Nona Park. Um, you, you feel they'll they'll get overturned by a good a good bit spare. I think I think Kilkenny win by four or five points. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I I just think Kilkenny are not going to give up that home advantage too easy. We've seen from all the games so far, home advantage has played a big part at Bar. I suppose the Cork game at, at the weekend, but home advantage has been has been a big thing. Has there been an away victory yet other than Kilkenny beating Dublin in Parnell Park? I don't think there has. Oh, we've had Galway obviously as well, but. Galway bit Wexford down in Wexford yeah. but I think Galway aside I don't think yeah I think Kenny and Dublin it's all been home victories or draws so I think we'll see a very strong Kenny outfit on Saturday night and I just don't think Wexford will have the scoring power to get over Kenny. yeah they, they do they do lack a bit of scoring power I think all their scores are coming from midfield half back and even when the half forward lines come out striking long range points their goal record isn't great. Conor McDonald looks like a frustrated figure at the moment playing the Davy system. Um, I think Kilkenny will win this one. I, my, my one thing on this is, though, I, I wonder do either team want to get to the Leinster final? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. <laughs> I think that's a really fair point. You know I'd, I'd actually be honest with Kilkenny. I'd rather Kilkenny go back in, go third, yeah. play a preliminary quarterfinal of the Joe McDonough winners and then they're into a quarterfinal anyway. Against, let's say they come up against a Clare yeah. and then they have a real good battle and then they're hitting an All-Ireland semi-final against the Munster winners who did like... I, I think I think Kilkenny would prefer to go that route. But they, but they won't want to lose to no, Wexford on Saturday yeah. like so. You, you, no one's going to throw the game but no. subconsciously you think... I don't think either manager fancies Galway at the moment in Crow Park and had then having to beat them again if they wanted to play them in an All-Ireland. Do you know what I mean? You want one crack at Galway where you come in under the radar and beat them because if you, if you, if you show your hand in a Leinster final, I think Galway just have this, the, know, the know-how to go away and beat them as well. Yeah, look, look, it's hard to see Galway being beaten in Leinster just full stop, let's just say that. Now, there is going to be... A, we've had lots of surprises in Munster we haven't had a surprise in Leinster yet. That's all I'll say. But with the Galway train running on, like Shawnee alluded to there, just their physical conditioning at the moment, their scoring prowess, and their depth in their panel. Yeah. That's I think that's the three things that are setting them aside at the moment. And just the fluidity to their game. They're, yeah. they're playing at ease. You know, yeah, like, they, I reckon they're, it looks like they're not even in third year the at the moment. That's the worry as a non-Galway <laughs> yeah. person looking on at them. Now, obviously, you'd say, okay, they'll come out of Leinster, they'll be tested by facing a monster team. But I don't think any of the games we watch, you go look at Cork and Limerick at the weekend, you look at Tip and Warford to a certain extent, they've all been shootouts. Mm. Like, you know, Limerick scored 28 points yeah. at the weekend. Like, if Galway play any like Limerick or a Cork, lads, it's going to be such a physical game. You know, Galway can do the scoring as well, but the hitting there hasn't been that hitting in the Munster Championship. I don't think so far. The, the Leinster yeah. hasn't been as good to watch, but the games have been very, very physical. Yeah, and I think look, I think 
Galway are look just cut above everybody else in their physicality. They're, they remind you of the Kilkenny team, that that five in a row, or four in a row team, Kilkenny team. You know, they're just way above everyone, everyone else in the physical physical stakes. Um, to be honest, the only team I can, or the only teams I can think will stop them are, are a team with pace and actually can run them around the place because you try and take them on, you're just going to get blown away. Like mm-hmm. there's only one way to beat that, and that's like pace, like in speed, that's the only way you can counteract that. And I, I, I'd be honest at the moment, I only think there's two teams in the country that can beat them. That's Cork or Limerick. I think, I don't think, you think Cork yeah. can beat them? I think, I, I, I don't think they'll beat them, but I think that's the only style they'll beat them. Do you know what's interesting as well is that you look at the winning scores now, 28 points get to a draw, 222 get to a draw. The highest goal we have conceded has been 17 points against Wexford or 211 against Kilkenny, whichever way you want to look at it. That's nothing like that won't win you half a game these no, days. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they're well, they're physical. Like they started your man Johnny Glynn is at a concannon. So they've totally got rid of the small lad, <laughs> the yeah. token small lad in yeah. the forward line now. They're massive, and their backs are just like McInerney and Dahi Burke up the middle. Phenomenal. Like we talk about Callan and Joyce. Just com- that comparison oh, alone yeah. is like it's stark. And then their other backs are serious. It's and, but yeah. you, like you you just the only way to beat that is speed or unless. Get get an, another team that's yeah. physically stronger and and, and better. There's, there's no one out there physically. There isn't. No. no. I don't even think there's anyone faster. Like you know, I know Cork are fast, but like they can hold it. Call it going for. Look at look at Luke Scanlon as the example there to kick any lad. He's lightning fast. He's he's obviously a very good player, but he just couldn't get a return. Like he might have got a point or two from play, I think, but he just couldn't get away from Tuhi. And if he did, he was hitting. He was getting hit by Dahi Burke. Like it mm. was just that's pace. Now I know Cork and Limerick tend. I think Cork would have a better chance of beating Galway than Limerick would. I think, Limerick think so? work Limerick's work rate is huge and their camaraderie and playing as a mm. team, but I just don't think they have to be individual. Mm. If Cork got their flow and their mojo going with all their forwards, if they had Alan Cadigan, I think. Yeah. I think without Alan Cadigan and with Conor Lehan not playing as well as he... he, he Conor Lehan and Seamus Hardy Shame Hard haven't really... But look, let's not type the, talk about the hypothetical yet of who's yeah, going to yeah, be Galway yeah. or Munster. It's Wexford Kilkenny is the big one. Wexford Kilkenny is the big one. This be game. Game. It should be a great. I think it will be a great game. It'll be close to a sellout in Nolan Park, which is probably the first game in Leinster this year that I think that we'll have probably a sellout crowd. What's the capacity in Nolan Park? Nolan Park can actually hold thirty thousand, but they they restrict it down to twenty three thousand just for safety reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we've had their league final this year. We've had around twenty three. All those big games with tip over the years. We've had it. Yeah. Being a sellout, so I think we'll have the twenty thousand plus in all uh, parts. It's a great atmosphere, though. I went down to Wexford Waterford in two thousand. Derek McGrath's first year down in Nolan Park, and it was jammers. Like yeah, it's the whole, yeah. It was serious. It's all seated bar one end at the moment now. Yeah. So it's a, and you're right in on top of the pitch. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great place for a game and, and probably one of the best services in the country. So um, I think Sky Sports have that one this weekend as well, which is good. I'm looking forward good, to yeah. watching it on their coverage. So. It's a nice break to get from RT, isn't it? I talked this is. week. No, what do you think, guys? Yeah, when no. We had you know the different definitely. bit of coverage. You know, you're just you're listening to a different person, different angle on it. The way they cover it, you know, like grammatically and everything. The way you're looking at it, it's, I think it's, it's a bread fresh air. Joe, I'd like to see is what we don't get it on the GA go. Is they actually have a highlight show? Just Sky Sports do a highlights program, oh, yeah, but yeah. it's it's on Sky. Oh, right. We we don't we don't get that it's like on the, the after. We're going over to Sky Sports Two now or whatever. Yeah, they do a recap. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be interested to see what way they go about there compared to the Sunday game. I wouldn't say it'd be as crunched, but um, 
yeah we don't we don't get to see that one so maybe people at home might, might let us know what that one's like yeah. but um you want to come in there Giggles? I, 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 was, I was going to say actually i was going to compare commentators it was interesting because james o'connor obviously a, a, he's a former teacher of mine actually a lot of time from but he, his analysis is brilliant yeah but actually he doesn't have he doesn't seem to have the personality to bring it off if you know what i mean and then you flip it over look at Anthony Daly he probably doesn't even analyse anything but he sounds brilliant yeah. <laughs> do you know you're, he's an awful sound man it's John the emotion he's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so actually, expressive they're, they're the same team the number 10 and the number 7 from the Allard win yeah. team and they're so different but I think Sky have got it spot on I, I love the nostalgia with Sherlock Nan and Daly and Michael Lister and all that but then when you actually just want to listen to details about puck out strategies or gameplay or how the half back line is attacking or anything like that Sky are a million miles ahead yeah, yeah. I think so too so looking forward to their coverage again this weekend um, please get in touch with us on Twitter on Akadegea same on Instagram and Akadegea sorry Akadegea at gmail.com on the email so today's show was brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear the choice of champions please visit O'Neill's.com for all the latest offers Look, Eagles, thanks very much for having us down here this evening on, on a Monday night. We'll finish the biscuits now before we go, so we'll I don't have do, any tomorrow. We'll eat those last couple of biscuits. Shawnee, thanks a lot for coming along. I know you're getting tired there, but thanks for hanging in there. Oh, what are lads? <laughs> hanging in is right. Yeah, and we, Great we'll, show. We'll be back next week. We might even do a recording on the day of the Queen's birthday, a very special episode next Monday night. <laughs> have a good one. Take care.